Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. Your hosts today are Callan, Matt, and myself, Michael. Today, we are talking about the lone wolf syndrome. So this month in the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook community, we are talking about uh, community, which is the perfect topic. Um, and in the Game Men Going Deeper membership community, community is actually one of our pillars that we focus on primarily. So if you're not already on the, or if not already in Game Men Going Deeper membership, please make sure to join the waitlist. We will include that in the show notes. Okay, so this topic of community is obviously very important to all of us. Um, I wanted to get started on today's topic discussing what it means to me. And very simply for me, the topic of community is about belonging. And what I've learned in, along my own journey and through coaching clients is that there's an element of us that wants to belong. I think it's a human instinct. Yet for one reason or another, we all have our reasons. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to belong. And this was my case for a good chunk of my life. The other thing that I think it's about is learning how we go about getting that sense of belonging. So I've talked in the podcast with you guys about how I used to rely heavily on sex as my primary means of learning how to belong. So for me, that was conflated, the sense of, okay, I belong to the gay community because I'm having sex with gay men. And I led with that primarily as my primary means. What that did for me though, is a confused validation with actual belonging. So. My journey in this topic has been a lot about um, learning how to belong in a way that isn't primarily focused on sex. The other thing that came up for me was that as someone who is naturally introverted and I, and I resonate with this lone wolf personality, finding a way to connect with gay men by sex was very good for me in a lone wolf sense because I hunted alone. Uh, it was a way for me to to use my sort of sense of independence and sense of self to connect with people that in a way that I didn't really have to relate uh, authentically. I could just kind of use what was working for me and that was how I went about connecting. So my journey has also been about learning how to kind of take a step back from, from relying on that lone wolf personality type that I, that I love so much. And you know, I know that these guys also share this lone wolf personality within them. And what I can say is I, I really enjoy it. And it's hard for me sometimes to not rely on it too heavily. So the way I define it for me, and I don't know if there is an official definition out there, I'm actually curious to know what you guys have to say about this, is I define it as an introverted personality type with a natural preference to be independent and alone. And this works well for me for a variety of reasons. Number one, I'm naturally introverted. I do well on my own. I always have. Um, I've achieved great things on my own. So it kind of reinforces that behavior of, of the lone wolf. Now, I love that Kelly Clarkson line. Uh, Doesn't mean I'm lonely when I'm alone. I just love that line. And that resonates very deeply with me because I can be alone and be completely entertained and never bored. Uh, doesn't mean I don't get lonely, though. Sometimes I do. So but overall, I can be by myself. I travel alone. I've lived alone. No problem. The other thing is, I've, it's really become part of my identity. And that's why it's sometimes hard to shed it because I have such a great sense of pride in my resourcefulness, um, resilience, independence. I've learned to trust myself. I've learned to find that safety within me. Uh, I'm a very fierce self-advocate. So 
all this being said, it's hard for me sometimes to trust others because I trust myself so much, or it's hard for me to rely on others to, to get something done or to work when I know that if I do it my way, it'll be done the way that I want. And I put a very high value on that. So that's, that's how it works for me. Um, on the flip side of it, of course, is that, you know, there's that saying you can, you can, what is it go far is that you can go far alone, but you can go further together, something along those lines, <laughs> which has proven to be true. Um, also, I find people find me very hard to read. I, I feel, and I felt, still do, very misunderstood. Um, people will tell me that they think I'm shy or reserved, and maybe that's how I come across, but I'm far from reserved. <laughs> uh, people have told me that I can be standoffish or very serious, stuck up, selfish. I've heard all these things before, and it just makes me feel misunderstood. Um, but I think that's because I think in our world, there's a lot of value placed on, you know, being a popular and sociable and all these things. And that's just not, I don't like being the center of attention. I just don't, I'm much more comfortable in that lone wolf. And then the other thing, of course, is that, yes, I have found it hard to trust people in romantic sense, in a friendship sense, and even in collaborative sense. It's like, like I said earlier, like if I do it myself, I know I'll do it right. But learning how to trust, I think, has been one of my greatest uh, lessons lately. And then the other thing, and I've talked about this as well, is when we have the benefit of other, when I have someone else to like mirror back and reflect back at me, it provides so many opportunities for growth. Because on my own, I get kind of stuck in a vacuum. I don't get to see all the things that uh, maybe would help me grow and, and learn skills that I wouldn't normally learn. So that is sort of the balance that I try to maintain is yes, I love my lone wolf self and I, I love being on my own. It is part of my identity. I have great pride in it, but I have to learn to put myself out there and, and sometimes run with the pack as it were. So that's where I'm at on this topic. I'm very curious to know how the lone wolf mentality uh, appears in your life, Callan. Tell me more about that. <laughs> I'm just sitting here because I'm just like nodding away at all the things that you were saying. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, my God, lone wolf has been like my whole entire life. Um, where do I even begin? Where do I start? I am also like super introverted. What a lot of people don't know about me because they just... When I'm out and about, I can be the center of attention. I can be the one on stage talking and I'm very extroverted, but I am a learned extrovert. So it's like I learned how to be an extrovert in order to just be part of society, in order to be part of, you know, be a functioning member of the social circle. So I had to learn that. Um, but like the deepest parts of me are super introverted. Like I could go like weeks and days just being by myself in my room, chilling out, um, like in my place, not really seeing too many people. And I have done that. And it also like has followed me over my life. Um, growing up, I came from a divorced household. Parents were kind of more focused on themselves. And so I was like, I always thought of like, I raised myself a lot of the time because I was just by myself or I would be God knows where. And my parents would have no idea where it was because each one thought the other one was dealing with it, but neither one really was. Um, and so from a very young age, I was kind of like by myself. And then as I got older, I was just so used to taking care of myself and doing things by myself that I didn't really need anybody else. Um, and like you, Michael, I learned how to just kind of like, you know, succeed on my own and do all these things on my own. And then when I moved to the Middle East to Dubai for five years, I was literally by myself on my own on the other side of the world. And like, when you go on, when I was flying, I was going on layovers again, like you meet crew on the flight, but they're not your friends. And 
you know, so it's like you can go explore and see all these amazing places, but you're kind of still by yourself. You're on your own. Um, and that's one of the things that I kind of just got tired of. I was like, I'm tired of going on these amazing trips and holidays by myself. Like I spent my 30th birthday, 30th, 31st birthday, one or the other in Bali by myself because nobody else could go. And it was just like, okay, like on one hand, this is cool. On the other hand, it's like, I hate being alone. And because I'm so introverted, it's so difficult for me to make friends. Like that sounds crazy to say and people are like, what? But like, it is so like, I am the shyest person if I am by myself in a social setting where I don't know anybody. If I know at least one person and I can use them as like my crutch to like hang on to and kind of like, wade out into the water, but it's like going into a pool. I won't go into a pool by myself. I will go in with other people, but my irrational fear of like, there might be sharks in the pool comes up <laughs> and I'm like, well, if somebody else is in the pool with me, then they'll get eaten by the shark first. Um, and so like the lone wolf syndrome has just been like my whole life up until, you know, this past year when we all came together. And this has really been the first time in my life where I was like, I'm not alone and I'm not doing this alone. And I'm starting to realize and understand like we succeed so much quicker together and have excelled in so many ways that I never even thought um, by being together with other people and coming into community. And the things that I do now that I would never have done before, like I would never go on video and just video myself and like make YouTube videos or come on and do this because I was like, no, I, I can't do that by myself. But with you guys, it's been like this support system where it's just like, cool, well, we're all doing it together. So do you want to come with us? And we've all kind of supported each other along that journey and helped each other out. So that's been a huge learning lesson for me in regards to community in regards to allowing myself to be a part of community. Um, Cause I know that deep rooted, there's definitely a lot of like, trust issues in regards to like family not being there to take care of me and I'm like okay well I got to support myself and that mentality also blocks you know potential partners potential boyfriends because it's like okay well if I can take care of myself I'm great at being single I love my alone time I love being single I you know there's so many great things about it but on the flip side there was also so many great things about being with somebody else and it's kind of like you know where where do you find that balancing act? Like I always tell people that when I find somebody and if, and when we move in together, like I'm going to need two bedrooms, like, and it's not just one's a guest room, one's our room. It's like, we have separate rooms and maybe yes, we have one is that the main room, but then the other one is kind of like, you know, I just need a night off. Like I just need breathing room because that's, I'm an Aquarius as well. So it's like, I know we have our tower moments and we just like, leave us the fuck alone. Don't talk to us. Just let us do our stuff. And we'll come back down and talk to you guys later once we've recovered. And that alone time really gives me my energy. And that's how I can then go out into the public and be that center of attention, be that crazy fun guy at the party, be the super personable, personable one and be really funny. But afterwards I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I just want to be in bed for like three days. And even throughout this pandemic, like we've been alone and, you know, we've had our bubbles, but even my bubble has been mostly like my roommate's friends because, you know, we made that executive decision. Their bubble is very small and I didn't want to bring other people into that mix. So I was like, okay, we'll just see your friends. But even them, they get together like most weekends 
and sometimes I'm just like, no, I don't want to go. Like this whole weekend, I didn't see them all weekend because they went to like the other person's apartment. And I was like, I don't want to go. And it's like, I want to be even more alone than we've already been because it's still too much for me. Um, but yeah, definitely with Lone Wolf, the biggest things that I've learned is that, yes, I can do things alone, but do I want to do things alone? And I think that that's the question I started asking myself recently was, okay, yeah, I can do all this alone, but when I've done it before, I've done it and it's not as much fun. And when I succeed, it's kind of like, oh, cool, I succeeded. But succeeding together as a group, there's like an energy that we're all like, oh, my God, yes. And we get to celebrate it together. And it's bringing in new awarenesses that I didn't have before. So I'm really, I'm learning a lot about community and about, you know, letting other people into my life in that regard. And I'm finding it is way more fun and way more enjoyable, but it has also definitely been like, a lot of learning lessons and a lot of shit coming up being like, well, fuck you. I don't need you. And then be like, no, 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 no. This is like normal people interactions. Like these are the things you have to work through to grow, to be a human, to adult. And like my lone wolf was maybe a defense I was hiding behind because I was afraid of other people's projections or other people's thoughts. So it's like, oh, I'll keep you close, but only at an arm's length. And now I'm really learning how to embrace people like, in a full body hug where it's just like, okay, this is all of me. Hope, you know, they're, we're going to rub up against each other once in a while, but whatever. So that's kind of my current experience with Lone Wolf. What about you there, Maddie Matt? Maddie Matt. Well, lots was stimulated just from your guys' shares. So yeah, thank you for speaking your truth because it definitely brings up some stuff for me um yeah there's this topic for me is it's a very emotional topic um because it pretty much embodies me ever since i was probably like nine which is right around the time where some stuff happened in my life some trauma happened in my life and then from that point forward i adopted this whole like philosophy of I will guard before I get guarded against I will be alone before I get put alone right by a group of people so it was like I remember one of my very first <clears throat> traumas in this area well obviously around parental stuff but secondly within peers me and this the group of guys that I that I grew up with in like elementary school grade like one to six I remember we would all take like every month we it was like we would have like a new person that we were going to outcast from the group <laughs> which is so toxic thinking back on it but it was like I don't know why we did this and I remember I was always so sensitive as a kid and I would always be so scared that it was going to be my turn and then eventually it became my turn and I remember being outcasted and uh it goes on for like a month and everybody, nobody wants anything to do with you. And they would just like, well, you come over to the group and then they like move over. Like, and it was just, it was very, very traumatic for me. Um, and I remember that's kind of when all this stuff started around um, not letting myself belong because it was safer to be within my own energy. And, um, <clears throat> and then the internalized aspects of this became kind of like my divided self. Um, 
you know, and as a Gemini, I am very divided. I have two people and living inside of me. And like, there's one person that loves connection. That's very extroverted that like, you know, and then there's this other part that's very introverted and very empathic. And like, I have these two worlds and I've been, I've been negotiating between these two worlds my whole life. And it, it can be fun, but it can also be very fucking exhausting. And, um, I carried that kind of divided self, which, which I think for me is like fueled by inner conflict. That's what I mean when I say divided self, like there's this inner conflict within me that's battling. I'm battling myself constantly. And the lone wolf is something I've been battling because there's aspects of the lone wolf that I really love. And then there's aspects of the lone wolf that I really, really struggle with. Um, and I think one polar would be freedom and the other polar would be connection. And I love both so much. <laughs> so it's like, that's part of my inner conflict too. And I've had to learn how to not make it like an all or nothing because I, I can move into connection and I can also move away from connection into freedom. And I can also have freedom in connection if I advocate for that, uh, like by advocating for space and whatnot. But um I'll kind of share a little bit of a story how my stuff all played out and I'm probably going to get emotional because I'm feeling emotional, even just saying the word emotional, but I'm having a heavy day today. Um, so before I left for Asia, I was always playing this game, not a game. I was playing this, this energy of like, you know, I played on a couple gay hockey teams and I had some, some gay friends, but I would always play this thing where it was like, I would always like say no to further connection before I could be rejected. And that was really reinforcing my lone wolf. So for example, like the guys would all go out for beers after, um, and I would immediately have it in my mind that I was going to decline because I have something else going on, but really I didn't have something else going on. It was just me guarding from having to go out be in this group of people and have them all talk and bond and me being left out and not like feeling like I fit in. So it was like, I didn't want to have that experience. So I would create separation and distance between me and others and, um, and tell myself that I would prefer to be alone, which sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's not true. And I think, you know, I left for Asia, um, and the thing about Asia, actually, it represents a massive lone wolf period because I left it by myself. I was living over there uh, by myself and I ended up meeting um, a couple people and hanging out with them or whatever. But, um, but what I did when I was over there is I did a lot of the relational trauma healing um, as, as, as far as I could take it inside myself. And then I realized when I got back from Asia that I was being called into co-creation and community and even kind of almost like this like my guides or, or the universe was like pushing me like it, it wasn't like it, I didn't even feel like I had a choice uh, per se because it was like this is your next step this is the direction you have to go and uh, so that's when the whole brotherhood thing started and um, connecting with you guys and there was a lot of resistance within me to do this but I knew that it was what I had to do because I knew that I had done as much healing in this area as I possibly could in isolation and now I have to actually do the work and that's really when it all kind of began that's when a lot of the the stuff 
that I was fearful of experiencing, which is rejection and judgment and um, even loss, abandonment, those sorts of things. They do definitely come up. And, uh, and yeah, and then I had to experience those things. You, I don't think you can heal without having to experience the things that you're afraid of. But I think we just learn through experiencing them that we actually have the strength and the endurance and the resilience to move through those things. And, uh, and that was a big part of it for me. And then, so that was kind of like with you guys and Reno and like, you know, just a lot of beautiful healing, a lot of, you know, also really challenging things came up out of, out, out of these dynamics. And, um, and then I felt like I got to this really cool place where I was like really open and I was like allowing myself to belong. And, um, but I was also noticing too, within me, as we started to build the brotherhood, it was like, I don't feel like this is for me. I felt like I was like part of my path in this life, I think is to create things for other people to experience. And I, I really believe that about, about my journey. And I can also indulge in them in the way that's that I see best for myself, but it's like, there's some things about the brotherhood that, that we've structured that it's just not something that I would want to engage in myself, but I love the fact that we can create it and for other people to engage in, in the way that they deem fit for themselves. Um, and, a, you know, a good example that is kind of like, you know, not within the brotherhood, but like pride parties and, and those sorts of things. They're just not really my jam. You know what I mean? Like pride isn't really my jam. Um, and I think for a long time, I kind of like, I kind of like not, not shame. Shame is a bit of a harsh word, but like maybe guilted myself into feeling like I had to enjoy this because it's part of being gay and you have to fit into it. But it was like, it just never felt like something that I had like energetic resonance with. And that's coming up in, in some of the stuff that we're building is it's like, there's a part of me that doesn't feel a strong pull to want to engage in it, but I'm really happy to see other people um, engaging and connecting with, with things. And again, it's all about whatever suits you energetically at the time. And maybe I'll come around and those things will feel like they're more of an energetic fit for me, but um. So then after some of the stuff, like with the three of you guys, then I ended up getting into a relationship and this whole, this, all this relational trauma stuff has been like so much healing has happened in this area. And this was, I, I keep saying that because it's, that's, that's, that's the thing behind my lone wolf. It's all relational trauma. And as I'm healing the relational trauma, which is like loss and abandonment and these sorts of things, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm almost finding that I'm, I'm strong. I'm good. I'm resilient. I can move through these, these connections. I can, ex I can experience rejection and I can still be okay. Like these are the things that I just was struggling with being able to experience in the past. And, um, this last relationship that I was in really, really helped me move through a lot of this stuff. Cause there was just so much heaviness and we were, we were mirroring to each other, just a lot of stuff. So I was able to kind of get to a place where, um, where I'm at now, which is a celebration of both, um, being able to really revel in the lone wolf and, and celebrate the aspects of the lone wolf that I really love. Um, which, because I'm like you guys, I'm, I'm more uh, introverted. I'm, 
highly sensitive. I'm empathic. I'm intuitive. I'm all those things. And like being around people is fucking draining for me. And if I go out to events, it's like, I love it and I'm turned on. And then I need like a whole day to myself to recharge myself. And I'm picking up on people's energies constantly. So to be alone for me, I have a very rich inner world. I don't necessarily need to be around people um, in order to feel happy and feel satisfied. Um, but then I do know that there's this part of me that loves touch and connection and hugs and eye contact and great conversations and intellectual stimulation and all those things. And that's the side that I really um, love about being um, somebody that's open to connection and, and can be vulnerable. Um, so yeah, I'm dancing between those two worlds. And I, I think I'll, I'll wrap up by saying this. I was starving myself from the very things that I needed in order to heal by embodying the lone wolf and not looking at the other, the other side of it, which is connection because the, my greatest healing has always happened through doing shadow work and shadow work always happens in relationship work because people reflect our shadows to us. If you're very, very good, you can reflect your own shadows to yourself, but it's, it's very, very challenging. Um, so we need other people to highlight the things in us that are unintegrated and require healing. And I think that's when a lot of my beautiful healing work started to take place when I was able to work with, um, yeah, with you guys, with relationships, with my parents, different people that, that stimulate my shadows. So yeah. I think we're all dancing all that dance of mm -hmm. celebrating it because you know like it is there are some great aspects of it yet also yeah. not like that like I said like hiding behind it which I find I do sometimes yeah and it's really hard to find that beautiful balance mm -hmm. um, yeah you know what's interesting is we talked about uh using it as a mask like a like a defense mechanism um I think that that rings true for me as well just on some level and I think uh, we talked about that in, in our Healing Your Shame course, which is in the Game and Going Deeper membership. And that, I think we have to go back, guys, and redo it because we don't think we added the lone wolf mask on there, but we should. <laughs> yeah, we might need to adjust that and add something in, but we can easily do that. I, I, I resonate with all that as well. And I like what you said, Matt, about how um, other people show us our, like, they're mirrors. They show us our shit. And that's why a lot of the time we do that self-protecting. That's why we do that, like, oh, I'm a lone wolf. I can do it by myself. It's because if you face people, you put yourself in that situation, you're going to have to face your shit. Mm -hmm. And when you admit that to yourself and you go, oh, holy shit, me letting myself, letting myself be a part of this group means that I'm also letting myself see my own shit but you have to recognize that and you have to go, mm -hmm. this is going to bring some shit up for me. And I have to be ready for that and not try and throw it back at the other people, but take it in and go, okay, how can I learn? How can I grow? How can I move through this and process this so that I don't have this anymore? Cause yeah. I definitely <clears throat> felt those vibes. Cause that's why I would lone wolf so hard because I was just like, it's like you, if I close off first, then you can't reject me because I've already done it for you. Mm -hmm. So by letting myself be part of the community, I'm like, okay, reject me all you want. But it's only because I've built those relationships that I'm now, there's other people jumping in the pool with me. So even mm -hmm. if other people try and like 
tear me down or reject me. I'm like, that's cool. I already got my other people in the pool. They're the ones that are important. It's the Brene Brown's top five people. Like who are your top five people that like, they're your crew. They're the people you talk to. They're the people who keep you level-headed. They're the ones that like, they'll knock you down if you need to be knocked down a little bit. They'll build you up if you need to be built up, but they're the ones who have earned that right. And that is, I think the biggest turning point for me in all of this is that allowing myself to a jump in to start trusting to be like, okay, I'm just going to trust and allowing myself to build these relationships, especially with you two guys and Reno. And then, you know, building from there and go, okay, I'm going to reach outside my comfort zone just a little bit, but I know that my guys are over here and they got me. And so it's like, even if I stumble, even if I fall, even if people throw horrible shit at me, I'm still going to be okay because these guys, they're the rock that is going to help me, you know, go even further than I've gone before. Mm. Yeah. I have, I have like like a a real strong sense of like, um, I don't know if maybe it's pride, but it's like just for, for us, because it's like, look at what we've done. (laughs) You know how many people are so terrified to do what we've done, like putting ourselves out there like that. Like we have 3,200 guys in the, in the brotherhood and we have maybe like what, like 200 that are actively engaged. That means we have 3000 people that are just lurking and chilling out, which is, which is okay. But a lot of, a lot of people are, and I, I get, I hear this from people that are in the brotherhood that I'm friends with or clients they're terrified to put their story out there and start t- talking because they're terrified to experience um, resistance from people or people disagreeing with them or rejecting them. And I think one of the most beautiful things that helped liberate me from this was when people reject you, they're rejecting themselves on that very same thing because we only reject people for the things that are disintegrated within us, right? Or unintegrated within us. We hurl judgment, criticism, and rejection at those people. So when you know that, and somebody rejects you, you, you know that there's resonance right there, that you can say that this person has the same baggage as me, because otherwise they wouldn't be triggered by me. So that alone, and then I've, I've had this experience recently where at the very beginning of the starting the brotherhood, there was a ton of criticism that came towards me and people sending me messages that were really rude and mean. And I've recently had a couple of these people send me messages like owning their shit 10 months later, you know, and being like, um, like I was wrong or like there was something about you that triggered me. And now I've integrated that trigger. And now I see that you were, you offered that gift to me. And, and so that's for me, like, I'm not afraid to trigger people anymore because I know that, yeah, it's very uncomfortable at first because it means that, oh, great. I just, I just acquired an enemy and they don't like me, but if they do their spiritual work, they always come full circle and they come back and they thank you for being the person that triggered them because the trigger is the ammunition to, to release. We purge when we've been triggered, right? So it's like, I look at myself as somebody that can offer people an opportunity to purge and heal. And as a coach, like I have that happen in my sessions too, where I trigger my clients. Sometimes I say shit that triggers them because I think I have to do that in order to get through um, in some cases, because people require triggering in order for their growth. So we don't have to be as scared of rejection as we are. And that's, I think the, the take home message I want people to, to hear. Yeah. We don't grow when we're comfortable. Yeah. Plain and yeah. simple. 
I think Amen. safety has a lot to do with it because, you know, we talk a lot about safety and wanting to feel safe and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, as you guys are speaking, what, what I go back to in myself is, oh, wait, but no, but I'm safer here and therefore safer is better. So I can really trick myself into thinking, oh, no, I'm safer as a lone wolf or I'm safer, safer in that mentality. So how would you guys say, what advice would you have for someone who kind of feels that safety in solitude because you're not going to get rejected? You're not going to face those fears. You're going to stay happily, safely in your comfort zone. How do you know how much and when you can sort of put yourself out there, even just take the little toe in the pool? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I go off a 1% at a time mentality. I learned from James, James Clear, I think, right, yeah. um, who wrote the habits, the atomic, atomic habits. habits. Yeah. Um, so he has this 1% at a time mentality where it's just like, okay, over the process of a year, 365 days, if you do 1% each day, you know, 365% better. Um, and so anything I do in life, I'm always thinking about that. I'm always like, okay, I used to want instantaneous, you know, instant gratification in this world, especially in today's world with the apps and everything. It's just like, I want instant gratification. Um, and so I kind of try and slow all that down whenever I want instant gratification. I go, okay, let's just do 1% at a time. Like I want to start feeling better, feeling fitter. I wasn't during the pandemic, especially when it was winter, I was not going for walks. I was very stagnant. I was not moving. Um, and then my Vedic astrologer kind of slapped me around. She's like, you're not going out for walks. I can see it all over you. And I was like, okay. Um, and so then I started going for walks and I was like, you know what? Just 15 minutes, like, or not even that I started off with, okay, just put music on and then put the clothes on. And then if you still don't want to go, then don't. But then once I did that, I was like, well, I'm already here. And then I go for a walk and then it'd be like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And now just this weekend I did two hours and it was just like, poof, gone. And it's because like I built that habit, but it took one percent at a time like I didn't just run into doing a two-hour long walk like it was just like small incremental steps building and building and building and I think that that's the best way to kind of implement any change into your life is I like to do things step by step I don't love cold turkey I know it works for some people but that intense change sometimes shocks your system on one hand it can be great um, if you have a positive experience, but on the other hand, if you don't, and you have a negative experience, it's just going to reinforce that lone wolf. It's just going to reinforce that negativity. So I, I would say, focus on, you know, important people in your life right now, the ones that you already have put even more focus on that. And also, you know, take it all in and go, okay, well, are these my top five people? Do I trust them intrinsically? And if no, okay, then there's some questions you need to start asking yourself. There's some stuff there. It's like, okay, well, why are you keeping shitty people around you who aren't making you feel better, who aren't pushing you forward? And is it because you're all vibrating at that same level of like, you're all scared, you're all nervous and not none of you are taking that step to step outwards and go, okay, let's just do this guys. Let's just move forward. So find your people. And then once you have those couple of people really just like double down on those relationships, especially in quarantine, like I've been, on the phone so many more times with people and I don't even love being on the phone but being on the phone and just talking to people or FaceTiming them or whatever like I thought it would be weird and it was weird and awkward at first but because I hadn't practiced it so I just allowed myself to one percentage of time practice okay just practice with this person and this person and now it's you know I love talking to my best friend in Australia on you know FaceTime or my friend here in town and just being like hey how's it going like once a month every couple of weeks catch up just to continue to build those solid relationships because the more you let those relationships slip away saying oh I don't want to be a burden or I don't want to impose on them 
the more you're making up a story that doesn't exist. Everybody wants connection. Everybody wants to have that. And so if you're the one who has to reach out and go, hey, let's have a chat, reach out and have a chat. Like these are your friends. They want to talk to you. And if they don't, why are they your friends? <laughs> you know, so one um, percent at a time. Don't don't go crazy. Just start doing the little stuff. Read books, audio books, join the gay men's brotherhood um, and just start kind of doing the little tiny things to build that muscle that we talked about so many times, building that muscle memory of moving forward and eventually it gets easier and easier and easier and you learn and grow. But the only way you're going to do that is if you take a step forward. And that's always the scariest one. The first one, always scary as shit. Anytime you do anything, the first is going to scare the shit out of you. But then it's going to get easier because you're going to have mm -hmm. built the muscle a little bit and then you can do a little bit more. So that's that's my advice. Don't go crazy. Don't go be all end all like I'm all in like, you know, one step in front of the other day by day. You're here for your whole life. You might as well just make this a lifelong kind of path thing instead of, you know, turn your life upside down. Hmm. I forgot the question, but I think I kind of energetically <laughs> feel it. So I'll answer it. Um, <laughs> and I think I conceptualize it in the, in the two streams for me, which would be fear and love. What is motivating me to be the lone wolf? Is it fear or is it love? And I think um, for so long, it was fear. It was fear of rejection. It was fear of judgment. It was fear of um, not belonging, not, not accept, being accepted. Um, and I think that that's, if, if you're motivated by fear predominantly, it's important to get curious and examine why, why am I so afraid of these things? And likely most, most, most times, nine, ten, nine out of 10 times, it's because you're treating yourself the way that you're afraid others are going to treat you. And it's about, that's why I'm a huge proponent of like, before we can get into relationships, we have to be at peace with the relationship with ourself and that's healing trauma. And that's working through the divided self and the inner conflict and blah, blah, blah. That's the work. Um, and then we find that it's easier to get into the areas of, of being motivated by love in the lone wolf, which is like reveling in your freedom, reveling in, in, the autonomy of um, being a sovereign being and, and being okay, being sovereign, um, you know, so, and, and this, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, a very, it's been a long journey for me on that one because it's been, it's like, I think that's one of my biggest karmic things that I'm learning in this life. It's the difference between attachment and love and the, and, and how to be, because I grew up in a very codependent upbringing and being an empath, it makes you also way more susceptible to codependency as well. And uh, so my biggest learning has been, how can I be autonomous? How can I be a sovereign being? And, and I use that as like, okay, right now in this moment, am I motivated by fear? Or am I motivated by love when it comes to being in that lone wolf energy? So yeah, that would be my best advice. Thanks, guys. Um, what about you? I, I mean, I asked the question partially because I still struggle with it. So I would say for me, um, I, definitely, I definitely love the 1% mentality. Uh, that's a great book, Atomic Habits. Um, and then I, I would say for me, it, how it's coming up for me these days is, is in relationship where I think that when 
things hit the fan, my instinct is to just get out because I can find that again, safety, safety in solitude. So like, this is too much. No, thank you. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be in this. This is too much conflict. I'm not, I don't like conflict. I'm, I generally tend to avoid it. So anytime that comes up for me, instead of leaning into the resistance and really uh, wanting to grow from it, which is what I have to do very mindfully and deliberately, I have to like coach myself into the, into it. My instinct is to just get the hell out of there. And so it's, again, it's this delicate balance. I look at, you know, what the situation is. So if it's with my partner, obviously there is a long-term desire to want to be with him. So I will try my best to lean into it. If it's a situation where like I'm at a party and the people around are just not, uh, they're just not my vibe, then I feel a little bit better saying, you know what, peace out. I, I don't really have the urge or desire to really need or want to get to know people who just I'm not vibing with. So it, it really depends. And, and that's why I asked you guys like that. Sometimes it can be really hard for me. I do find that I, people have always told me I'm very resourceful and self-reliant and I, I wear that as a badge of honor, but there is a shadow side to it. it that mm -hmm. I could be overly self-reliant, I think. And, and I'm losing out on so many amazing things, right? Um, like you guys have talked about with collaboration and working together. So I don't know if I answered the question. It's just it's still something <laughs> that I work through. Um, I guess what I'm learning in my relationship is finding the safety and freedom in the relationship. It's not, um, it's a false dichotomy to think that there's both. And I'm really teaching. That's my work today. It's like being with somebody does not mean I'm not free. I can find the freedom and autonomy in that relationship. And that's been, that's been the work. <laughs> But that's for another topic. <laughs> Ooh, child, I could get into that. That's why I've just been single. So I've been single more than anything. I've had one one year relationship and then like another couple month relationship. And that's it. Um, and I think it, definitely a lot of it comes down to that freedom aspect because I need and love my freedom. But to be able to find the freedom in the relationship. Um, and I think back to like a couple of people that I've been with in the past that I would have liked to explore relationships with, but just wasn't right time, right place. And it was like traveling through, but like the energy was there. And I could, I was like, like, I remember this interaction I had with this guy I met in Prague and he was amazing. We went on a date, amazing. Um, and then I had another flight to Munich. And then, so he drove down for, or drove from Prague to Munich to come and stay with me at the hotel. And I was like, Oh, like, I, I don't sleep well with others. I roll around a lot. Like I was like, I don't know how this is going to go over, but I really liked him. And he was a really fantastic person. I was like, okay, we'll try this out. And it, I remember being pleasantly surprised and impressed with how intuitive he was in regards to what I needed. And like, and when I say that, I mean, um, he knew he was in my space. He knew that I had just worked like long flights and that I was going to be tired. And he knew that I had to sleep at a certain time before my flight to go back. And he also knew like, okay, when do you need to get into the washroom? When do you need to have a shower? Like, when do you need to prepare yourself? And he was very conscious about all of that. And I was really, really impressed. Um, and so I think allowing myself to think that that's going to be the default as opposed to the exception and that trusting myself enough that I will attract those people to me because I've done it before. So I should be able to do it again and trusting the energy that like, if and when somebody comes into my world like that, that I need to give them more credit to be more intuitive than I think they are, because it's just like, we all think, well, Oh, I'm the best. I'm the be all end all in my own head. And I know everything. 
okay, well, I need to give them the benefit of the doubt that if I'm a considerate person and I'm considerate for other people, there must be people who are also considerate on the flip side. And so allowing myself to kind of believe that to be like, okay, well, maybe I can find the freedom in the relationships, like you were saying, Michael, and, and work through that stuff. As long as they're already kind of intuitively at a place where they already kind of get a lot of it, that it's not going to be like training like a puppy. <laughs> it's like most of it's already there. It's just kind of fine tuning to align with each other. Um, but I think I need to think of that a little bit longer because like I didn't even have that in my mind until you brought that up. And I'm like, ooh, freedom <laughs> in the relationship. I was like, that's a new concept. <laughs> yeah same i think i think a lot of people maybe who maybe have that lone wolf identity have done maybe the same thing i have which is when things get tough instead of working through it and potentially losing out on this opportunity the default is nope i'm out and you know that's really sad like because think of you know the people that maybe we we missed that opportunity to grow even if it didn't work out in the long term still you could have learned something from them and i i think back to people in my mind right now hopefully they're they're not listening um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I probably bounced a bit too soon because I was just like, nope, not having it. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to speak to the people and I've, I've had this in myself as well to the people that are like, they, they've, they don't like the gay community. <laughs> they just, it just does not resonate. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because like, but I think part of this, this is two prongs. I think one prong is like people projecting their idea of what the gay community is based off of stereotype onto this massive community and saying, this is what it is. But then there's also the people that they're, they just can't find their pocket. They can't find their niche, what, what works for them because they're not a bear. They're not a cub. They don't conceptualize themselves this way. And where I relate in this is, being a lone wolf, a lone spiritual wolf. There is not very many other spiritually minded um, gay men that I had come in contact with before starting the brotherhood. And it was very isolating for me. I did not feel like I had a place where I could mingle with other gay men who have similar life experiences as me. And they are wanting to navigate those life experiences through a spiritual lens. Um, So I relate to this very much so. So what, what do we want to share with these people that are having this experience? Because I think this is a quite a common experience for people. Oh, well, I was just going to say, first off, when you brought that up, I literally had an interaction this weekend. I w- I'm, I'm on Tinder. I have Tinder. And I've been chatting to this person. And then he was like, oh, well, where do you live? And I was like, oh, I live in the village. I live here and here, like downtown Toronto. And he's just like, his response was, ew. And I was like, I was like what a rude comment and what a rude projection and like a judgment and so I even said that I was just like wow a bit of a judgmental comment but okay um because like instantaneously like I knew he was like part of this lone wolf world of like I don't fit into the gay community so I'm gonna remove myself so far I mean I'm not gonna put stuff on him I don't know but quite often is I'm going to remove myself so far and protect myself so that I can reject me before you reject me because maybe there's been rejections in the past or whatever. And so me just living where I live was enough for him to be like, ew, like, no. And I was just, I'm like, 
So you're instantaneously judging me because of where I live and not me as a human being. And like, has our interaction up to this point not been enjoyable and like questionable? And like, I'm asking you about things you're asking me, like it was a good conversation. And that one thing was so much for you that you were like, ew, I can't like, it blew my mind how far deep people are in their stuff of like, I need to remove myself from all aspects of it. And it's like, I wish there's more people like you, Matt, who it's like, maybe pride's not your jams, but you're not going to actively push against it. You're not going to yeah. be like, ew, and like make people feel uncomfortable. Like my joy in life and what I really love doing is when there are things that I don't get or don't understand, I don't push it away. And I don't like, I'm like, ew, no, I'm like, I like to sit at the table with everybody. You know, if, if, I, if I'm not willing to sit at the table and talk to you and get to know you as a human being and not pass judgment on you, like, I don't think anybody gets to do that. I don't think anybody should do that. And that's what's so polarizing in the world today of like, especially social media world where it's like, either you're with us or you're against us. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because like understanding is not agreement. Coming mm -hmm. to the table and learning to understand is not agreement. That's going to build bridges. Because it's even though you don't want to go party at the pride parade, Matt, I'm still sure that you can like support me in going to the pride parade. Like mm -hmm. that, and that's because you're sitting at the table and you're willing to have the conversation, willing to learn and grow. And I think yeah. more people need to be willing to come and sit at the table. But that means being part of some sort of a community that means opening yourself up to judgments. But if you don't open yourself up to those judgments, you're not going to grow, you know, and if you come to the table and you sit and you go, okay, well, I'm here, this is going to be really uncomfortable. Just tell yourself it's going to be uncomfortable. But that's why building that small community of those supportive people like me with you guys allows you to sit at the table a lot easier and go, okay, well, whatever happens here is going to happen here. And I can unpack it with my friends later. And so I don't know why I got onto that tangent, but like people being so far removed and pushing against, it's like, I, I just, I wish people had minds that were a little bit more open, especially even in like our community, because so often it's like they lock down and your mind is like a parachute. It's only going to work properly when it's open. So mm -hmm. like allow yourself to have that open mind and to come to the table and sit and different opinions are cool. Understanding does not equal agreement. And that I, I'd say is like one of the big things. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was good. Lots of stuff there. Um, for me, well, again, I, I'm going to second everything Callan said, but so much came up for that question though, Matt. I don't even know where to start. Um, I have to collect my thoughts. First, I would like to say, listen to the podcast that aired last week called The Evolution of the Gay Community um, with Tim McCaskill. Because I think when it comes to the topic of community and pride, we had a very good discussion about where it comes from and why it's important. So I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Just go listen to it after you've done this one. Second thing, when it comes to the gays who don't feel like they fit in, when I was that guy, I'll speak to me personally, it was that I wasn't allowing myself to belong. I Partially because of the lone wolf, like again, safer alone but partially because for whatever reason I wanted to belong, but I was like, no, I don't want to belong, but I did. And so you have to kind of give yourself permission to be there. Uh, give yourself permission that whatever brand or flavor you are of gay, you have a seat at the table. Um, the other thing that I've noticed and, you know, people will judge 
as we do um, at the surface level. But I will say for myself, again, I have always been a fan of pride. Um, you know, I'm wearing the little booty shorts, you know, marching down the street and all that thing. All those things that a lot of people would look at me and judge, right? And those people also never had a chance to get to know me. Because if they took the chance to get to know me, if they didn't just judge at the surface level, which of course we all do, um, but there is so much more to me, as you guys know, uh, than you know the guy prancing down the street. And you also people don't know the reasons why of like you know why like what's motivating me. You know people might think oh he just wants to get drunk and fuck half of the people in the pride parade. You know that that of course is a judgment. So I would say, you know, look a little bit deeper. Um, you know, I, I echo what Callan said and that I wish we were, you know, all of us a little bit more A, open-minded and B, open to the differences. Like, I think the differences in the resistance that when we bump up against each other, it really helps us. Um, it, it softens our edges. If we are two kind of edgy rocks that bump up against each other, all of a sudden over time, we become two softer, smoother rocks. I don't know if that analogy works, hopefully it does. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say for me, it, it's a lot of letting yourself, giving yourself permission to belong no matter what flavor you are. Don't necessarily project that because the media might portray this youth obsessed, cis, white, washed kind of version of what it means to be gay, that that is the reality. There are, you might have to look a little bit further and hopefully people who are listening to this have found the Gay Men's Brotherhood and the Gay Men Going Deeper podcast because they are looking for that. And you, you just have to look a bit harder because what the media portrays is not necessarily what's all there. And like, I think we, we all know this, you, like even at Pride events, you can find events for literally, at least here in Toronto, every stripe and every flavor, like there is something for everyone. So, you know, look a bit deeper, give yourself permission and don't be so quick to judge. Mm -hmm. And I want to piggyback on that as well. Um, in regards to like not being able to find like your group, there is so many groups out there. Cause I, I'm not like the Friday, Saturday going out to the clubs kind of gay, but I do love the gay community and I love being part of it. So I found my niches within it. Like I have a gay dodgeball league that I play in and I love that because it's like one of my fun niches that I like to do. There's also like gay gaming nights where it's just like they go to a board game store and they play board games. Of course, you know, not during the pandemic, but like there's that. And then there's also like gay camping. There's like so many offshoots that it's just like, you can find what you're looking for if you let yourself, but that starts with the conversation of allowing yourself to belong to those groups. And yes, it's going to be scary at first. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. And yes, you're going to be like, but I'm alone. I'm a lone wolf. I can do this on myself. I urge you to ask yourself, what are you really benefiting from by cutting yourself off and by socially distancing yourself from the opportunity to learn and grow and have friends who understand different things than like, let's take somebody who has all straight friends and they're a gay person, but they only have straight friends and that's the world they live in. What are you losing by not engaging with possibly a group of men who are gay, who might understand things a little differently than your straight friends. I'm not saying that either one is right or wrong. I'm just saying that there's an opportunity there to learn and to grow if you let yourself. But that's the scary thing that people are afraid of. They're afraid of the judgment. They're afraid of letting themselves belong. And they're afraid that it's going to look differently. But that's what life is. It's a giant learning, growing evolution. So like, I would rather engage with it and see what happens than to be left at the end of the day going, well, what if? 
you know? So that's what I just wanted to throw in on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many, so many good points. And I had so many, I had so many uh, things I wanted to say, and I think most of them evaded me, but um, the one thing that comes up for me is again, the dualism between fear and love and how are we approaching the gay community, I think is really important. Uh, you know, and people that are um, stuck in that mentality of like, you know, the gay community is this and this and this, and they're, they're, they may be rooted in fear, which when we're rooted in fear, we're rooted in our own internalized homophobia and we are against others. We're in separation from other when we're in love were for a cause, not against it, right? And um, it's like me, like when I'm rooted in love, I'm all for people going to pride and like celebrating and having fun. And, and it doesn't mean that I have to be uh, against it, right? And say, oh, pride's horrible, pride's this, pride's that. Why can't I be for what I represent? Which is okay, during pride, I'm gonna hang out with three of my closest buddies and we're gonna go for a hike and maybe we'll put a rainbow flag at the top or something. I can do it in my own way and I can be for what works best for me. Um, so yeah, just looking at it through that lens, I think is, is really important. And just in anything in life, am I approaching life through fear, the lens of fear, or am I approaching life through the lens of love? And if you're feeling heavy and resistant and disconnected and you don't belong and you're afraid of rejection, you're likely rooted in fear. And again, there's no, don't judge yourself. If you're in that space, just lead with curiosity and ask yourself, like, you know, how could I invite more love or more peace or more acceptance into myself? And it can go a long way. Mm -hmm. If I may add one more thing before we wrap, um, I think it's important to realize that the gay community or any community for that matter, we tend to think it's homogenous, that it all has to look and feel one way. And if we are not that way, we just naturally don't feel like we fit in, but it's not about fitting in, it's about belonging. And so it's, it's about seeing what we, how we are like, not necessarily have to be like in every way, but the ways that we are like, and emphasizing that from a place of love and not so much on how we are dissimilar because there's so many ways that we're different and that's a beautiful thing so it's about celebrating what makes us unique and what we have in common and allowing yourself to be there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I like this that. has been such a great conversation <laughs> i'm sure we could keep talking for hours about this but we are coming up on time so with those last little tidbits of golden juiciness um we are going to say if you love listening to our podcast please subscribe to it on apple itunes or spotify or anywhere that you listen to the podcast if you're watching this on youtube give it a thumbs up also share it around subscribe to our youtube channel we love that hit that little bell you'll get a reminder every time we release new episodes on thursdays um and also if you are not part of the gay men's brotherhood uh you can go and join the gay men's brotherhood in the facebook it's a private facebook group where we get to hang out and have conversations like this and we also have a private uh coaching membership called gay men going deeper membership where it's mostly coaching and focusing on moving forward and if you're ready to kind of do that in life so that's going to be in the show notes as well you can join the waitlist for the next time that we open up the doors um and i think that that is it did i forget anything guys I think that's it. No, awesome. All right. Peace, love, rainbows, everybody. Have the best day ever. Bye, guys. Bye.